0: Hello and welcome to the Jordan High 2004 podcast. This is Gonzo. And this is Steve. Hey, Steve. Hey, Gonzo. How's it going?
1: You know, I'm doing really good. Maybe I'm doing a little better than you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm doing okay. I did have something special happen this week. Oh, tell us what happened. (laughs) So I took a page from Ryan Copeland's book and uh, I got a vasectomy. How, uh... How has it been? It's, the recovery? It's good. It's like, you know, I got it down here, done here uh, in close to Traverse Mountain. This guy's supposed to be like the best vasectomy guy in the nation. So, I don't know if that's true or not. <laughs> but he was like super fast, like almost painless. And it's been pretty good. I mean, so far, it's only been a couple days, so.
1: So, maybe take take a minute for those of us that haven't had one or don't know what it goes into it. Like, what was your experience like?
0: So, you go into the Did room. Did they
1: cut off your balls?
0: <laughs> yeah, but then they sew them back. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, like, it, it was quick. It just felt like, honestly, it felt like I was being fondled for like 10 minutes <laughs> straight. And But I didn't want to like look or anything. Like, I had some, the nitrous, um, the laughing gas and... I was just set back, close my eyes and just would take deep breaths and just focus on my breathing while I could hear like snip, 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 like scissors and like metal things clinging and (laughs) stuff like that for like (laughs) 10 minutes and just feeling him moving things around. Um, But, you know, it's like by the time I was like feeling relaxed and comfortable, I'm like, okay, I think I can do this. And then he's like, oh, it's over. (laughs) (laughs) We're done.
1: And recovery's been okay? Have you been sore at
0: all? Yeah. I mean, on Saturday, I was sitting on some, like, frozen vegetables or whatever, and today I felt, like, just fine. You know, just a little tender. A little yeah. Bit.
1: Can you, like, pick up stuff? Like, can you pick up Oliver or just... Uh, the, you no. know,
0: he told me not to, but I did it anyway, and I felt fine. Yeah. Okay. So, no big deal.
1: So, good to know.
0: Yeah. I'll, I'll give you more updates, like, as I further recovery.
1: Can't okay. I'm sure everybody really <laughs> wants to know.
0: <laughs> That's funny.
1: No, I knew you were going to do that, and I just... We, we were making a bunch of jokes and just kind of getting you ready for no, it. No,
0: yeah, I've been planning to. I've been wanting to do it for a while. You know, it's just like we're done having kids, and yeah, it's just easier yeah. not, not to worry about it. That's awesome. So,
1: I hope that you just... Recovery is just totally normal, and you can actually start running again
0: next week. Yeah, no running this week, so That's no really no runs until next Saturday, which is like, I'm getting close to my thousand mile since July 10th, since I started keeping track. And so I'm excited about that, but I can't, I'm not going to hit it this week. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome.
1: We've got another voice memo that we want to go through and this is a special one.
0: Yeah. So when we did our bonus episode, you know, we had the kids came in and said hello for a second, but we also had Bonnie and Natalie and Natalie. They talked about their 2021, and I think this one will actually. It'll be nice to 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 hear it. When you guys hear the voice memo, it was like we recorded it at a different time, so the kids were playing right outside the door and um, being super loud. So I don't know. Sorry about that.
1: Yeah, <laughs> but uh, here's Natalie and, Mon- and Bonnie. So we have some special guests with us here today in person. Natalie and Bonnie.
2: Hey! Hi! It's good to be here. Thank you for having me.
1: How are you, Bonnie?
3: Doing good. Very well. Very good Very well. Well. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, Gonzo stepped out for a minute to... We There needed to be at least one parent with the kids. Nah, that's but right. Gonzo and I have been talking a ton just about the last year and thinking about the future. And do you have any thoughts about how this year has gone? 2021?
3: Uh, Do I mean just in general, or yeah. in regards to certain anything, or
1: for you? Like, how has this year um, been for you, Bonnie?
3: Personally, um, it's been pretty difficult, honestly, but not in like a tragedy way. Like, it's. I mean, I don't know. Gonzo's talked about our son a little bit here and there, and um, yeah, so our three-year-old who has been officially diagnosed with like autism. It's it's been really hard. And that's kind of hard to even talk about because I feel like maybe if you don't have a special needs child, you it may be hard to relate to. And I don't mean that to, like, leave people out or anything like that or even act like people can't be understanding. It's just... When I talk about him, it kind of comes off harsh. But that does not mean that, of course, I don't love him and I wouldn't trade him for the world. But it's really... A hard situation to adjust to and we're still in like the new of it so every day is we take one at a time day one at a time and um i've talked about this to certain people but you have to go through a grieving process when you have when you find out you have like a special needs child and that might sound really negative and harsh to your child it's not like that it's just the reality of it You have to go through this grieving process of your your child's future and your future, honestly, isn't what you expected. And then, you know, some days I actually go through those steps all over again. It's not just maybe like a one and done thing. Some days I go through all those grieving steps. I get sad. I get depressed. I get angry about his situation. And then others, you know, not all the time. There's days where it's... I see what a blessing he is, and he's like. One thing is, he's the happiest child. He always has a smile, and it's I love that about him. He's seriously always ready to be affectionate and to give me a hug. So that's sometimes what's hard because he's loves touch. He wants to touch me all day long, and so it's a lot, but it's a learning thing that me and Gonzo are both going through, and it is. Some ways made us better parents, and he's a huge blessing, but it doesn't mean it doesn't come with its challenges. Some days are harder than others, but it's been hard, but also has many great ex- experiences and blessings in it. So, yeah, I mean, and I think it's, it's still everybody going through COVID, those that's still been hard and made life a little still a little strange but you know that's getting back to normal and sort of other than that it's still been a great year for me and Gonzo um work for him has been a roller coaster but I don't know we've had a great year with our family getting close having great memories so yeah I can
1: I can say this because he's not in the room right now that he he just loves you so much we talk about this stuff all the time and he, he appreciates you for all that stuff we just talked about, he appreciates you and he sees like he told me. you'll listen to this later and you'll hear this but like, one of his goals is to try to get Oliver to be less of a mama's boy because like Oliver does cling to you so much and he wants to be able to, to help in that He wants to relieve you of some of that. And when you say Oliver like wants to touch you all the time, I want to touch Natalie all the time.
3: Yeah, and that's if a hard so. thing to do. Because as, as moms, we are always seeing other people's needs. And it is hard. Like, that's been a challenge, too. Gonzo comes home, and he wants the same way. He's physical <laughs> touch. <laughs> he loves physical touch. And I, at that point, I am very touched out. And I know yeah. a lot of moms can relate to that. Yeah, we and don't want to
2: be touched all the time.
3: So it's, it's hard. hard. Just that's just want what... to be like Natalie, just all by herself, just, like, secluded in a room. But it doesn't happen. Yeah, just say out. Hi to us from like across the room. <laughs> yeah,
1: but. I'll I'll tell Gonzo later.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, thanks for sharing and it. I it has been a year. I know you guys have been through a lot of ups and downs, and it just gives us I don't know lots of character building experiences. Yep. Um, so thanks for thanks for freeing up evenings every other week so Gonzo and I can hang out
3: no I mean I'm glad you guys can do it I know it brings joy for Gonzo and hey I think that's super important as parents we need to find time for ourselves and he's way better at doing it than I am but he's an example for that but I love him and I love him seeing him happy through this so it's definitely been a good thing
1: well thank you we'll we'll try to keep it a good thing and keep it happy how about you Natalie
2: It's been a year. It's been a big year. I think I can relate to Bonnie and the 2021 came with a lot of struggles. It came with a lot of unknowns and a lot of those came from your business, from just trying to be the supportive wife and, you know, taking on the challenges that come from dentistry and then COVID and I've had a lot of change in my own world this year with just finding out that I'm passionate and excited and truly wanting to become an entrepreneur myself which I had no idea I wanted and I've been horribly uncomfortable <laughs> a lot um, I think I'm that's my natural state now, I think, is to be extremely uncomfortable. It's exciting and it's hard and it is this constant like battle with trying to grow and learn and become more self-aware and not allow that to lead me into guilt that this is a choice it's a choice for me to pursue a career as a life coach. I'll say I came across life coaching a few years ago and it just completely sparked everything in my brain. It just, it clicked and it made so much sense to me and I haven't slowed down since. So just this, this struggle of trying to, embrace my passions and my wants and acknowledge that it is important just like being a wife and a mom is important. I think finding out that I have something I want to offer because it matters to me enough to be the one who cares and moving in that direction Even though it does create hard times for our family, for our marriage, we get to argue about little details and try to figure it out because being uncomfortable usually comes along with making your family uncomfortable. And it's.
1: Earlier I said, it's like if Natalie would just do everything I said, we'd never
2: fight. Oh boy, yeah, could we'd have, have a really great time. You have better ideas than I do. I do. That's true. <laughs> 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 no, you've been really supportive and I I don't know. I don't know why I didn't like look for your support sooner in my life because I don't know how I could have had better support or someone to believe in me as much as you do. And I'm just so grateful for that because it gives me permission to believe that it might be true, that I could go out and be an entrepreneur and have my own business and help people because I want to. And it definitely comes with challenges. It definitely comes with that battle, that inner battle of how could I choose to not be with my kids all the time and be so distracted with the details of all these life changes that I am completely blind to. Um, It's been a big year and it's been a year of growth and change and struggle and just everything, but I'm grateful for it. And I think this, I mean, speaking back to the podcast, I think just watching you and Gonzo have something that you got excited about. I think Bonnie and I could probably both agree that it was it was really special to watch. Um, just you guys do something because you wanted to. Because I think it gets to the point in our lives sometimes where we get to our 30s and so on. And we don't know what we care about anymore. We don't know what we want anymore. And to see you guys get hyped up about talking to people was hilarious at first. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then just watching the, I'd say watching the growth in both of you and just the way you care for people and your own vulnerabilities and discovering more about yourselves in the process I think it's been really inspiring and I'm just I mean obviously I'm grateful for Bonnie for making her home a place where you guys can both both come do that and I just I just love seeing passion in people I love seeing people's wants and desires come out that they never gave them chance themselves a chance to even find out about themselves. And I think this is one way that I've been able to see that in you. And it's hot.
1: <laughs> Podcast over. <laughs> Gotta go.
2: <laughs>
1: well, thank you both for everything. I wish Gonzo was in here, but I don't, I'm sure everyone can hear the kids and the balls loud outside this room but uh, we love it <laughs> and we're grateful for you we, we couldn't do it without you guys so no we know <laughs> no, we, we very much recognize and we know you know but thank you for making it possible for us and uh, looking forward to Bonnie episode part two Natalie episode part one
3: <laughs> I don't know if that's allowed
0: it's all good <laughs> so thank you both that was really nice. So, um, did you guys just like rush home right after that uh <laughs> right after Natalie uh professed like that she thought you doing a podcast was super hot?
1: Yes. I <laughs> she not we went home, put our kids to bed, and then we went to bed. <laughs> well, I think it's...
0: We watched TV for so so long that night.
1: <laughs> she even watched one episode of Star Trek with me.
0: Oh, she man. She me so That's much. That's real love right there.
1: <laughs> no, I, I, it was great. It was great to hear from them and just kind of, you know, I think 2021, there was a lot of change, and there was a lot of stuff happening, and I think like you can hear it with Bonnie, it's just, you know... I think there's just been lots of ups and downs with Oliver and just trying to figure that out. But I think that I think him turning three and just having all the diagnosis and getting to get more resources available. is just going to be just awesome for her to, to have that moving forward. And
0: yeah. And we've been, so we got this book. I want to, it's called uniquely human. And it's also like a podcast I've been listening to. It's about autism. It, it It's really cool. So I think both of us are just getting more, like, educated on it. Yeah. Uniquely human.
1: Uniquely human. And I think that's just awesome because, like, we talked about, I'm pretty sure we talked about this with Allie, but just more, just how many more resources we have available now versus 20 years ago. Like, when we were just really graduating high school and just to have stuff like that where... One, it just helps you to know how, gives you more tools to navigate having an autistic child, but also how to be the parent and yeah. how you can, you know, how you, you know how you can navigate those waters and feel better about being a parent and knowing that you're doing the best you can and you don't have to beat yourself up for it. You can just have your own experience that's unique to you, think uh, that's. I think it's great that we live in a time where we have that available,
0: and I think also like the community around autism and like developmental, developmentally issues, different people, like you know whether on the spectrum or off. There is more community. There is more understanding. Uh, people can have better opportunities to work and be part of society. Well, in the past, it you know just it was kind of just swept under the rug and not understood. Or so I think like it, it's changing a lot and I think for the better and there are more opportunities, more resources, uh, way more understanding and people are getting more educated on it too. Yeah. No, I think it's
1: awesome. And, and Natalie, she's been doing great. Like since she recorded that, like she's been getting a lot more clients and she's been really busy and like she's, she's a life coach, but she's working over at like Harriman counseling. So yeah. she's been working hand in hand with the therapists there. So people that need therapy or, you know, getting the needs they need like from those health professionals that are working with them on that and she's also helping doing life coaching with and it's been it's been cool it's been cool to watch her find something that she like she has gotten lots of therapy and lots of life coaching she loved it and so she wanted to to do that for the people and she's been growing and thriving so it's been like i don't i don't i don't see her a lot because she's she does it when I come home from work or at these times where I can take the kids away, that's when she's able to break away and do it. So, um, I don't know. I think it's been last year was a, it was a big year for, yeah. I, for each of our families. We had a lot going on and this year. It's just more good stuff ahead.
0: Yeah. I was thinking about that uh, just 2021 in general. Like I think a whole bunch of people or most of us, I know I did. were are hoping that this year, the like 21, we we'd get away from COVID and just like, put it in the rear view and it like didn't happen. And that may have made 2021 harder than 2020 in a way, uh, because in 2020 people were like, Oh, well, you know, this is different. This is like, but we'll get through it. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, we'll be done. But then 21 could have been the realization of like, this may be around for a while. Like,
1: (laughs) yeah. (laughs)
0: Right. So I don't know. But, there's always challenges and you know, we're also making the efforts to, you know, be happy. It's I'm, I'm happy to hear that Natalie is like doing things that make her feel fulfilled, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just like, I think that's very important for everyone, you know, to, to do things that make you happy, make you feel good about yourself, make you feel like you're doing good. You're smart, positive, helping, like helpful and, Mm -hmm. and being successful.
1: And for herself, like she spent, and I think a lot of, like you and I have had a lot of discussions and I think a lot of people that are listening and have been on, it's like you spend so much time supporting other people and like Natalie, you know, she, for years it was like I was in school and then starting the business and getting things going and taking care of the kids. And so now she's finally able to, you know, do something for her. Like, this is something I want to do for me. It's not just, I'm not just being mom or just being this really dutiful wife, but it's yeah. more, more, I have something that I know I can help other people with because it's helped me and I love it. And, and she's passionate about it. And so it's really cool to see her doing that, you know? love it. Yeah. So uh, this year will be a, it'll be a fun year.
0: Cool. So who do we, um, who do we have on tonight?
1: We are going to be talking to uh, Katie Lofgren and I am really excited for this one. So, She is another one of those few that, like, from day one, when we started posting these things, she's always, like, one of the first people to click like. She listens
0: to the episodes. She follows us. She supports us. And uh, it's... I can can count on Katie listening to an episode and Lacey listening to an episode. So, it's like, we got at least two people that are always going to listen no (laughs) matter what. (laughs)
1: It's like, if nothing else. And and so, um, I think it just took a little bit of time for her to warm up to want to come on. But, uh, I mean, we scheduled this a few months ago. And so... I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's going to be great to hear what she's been up to and, and see what she wants to share with us.
0: I'm excited. Yeah.
1: So here's our episode with Katie. Katie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's great to see you.
4: <laughs> yeah, you too, guys. You guys look exactly the same. So.
0: Oh, that's, that's nice of you to say, Like you look, you look the same too. So
4: <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. <laughs> Moving <laughs> and uh, having a baby have not been as nice to me as I fear <laughs> they could have been, but, you know, it's life.
0: Do you just have one kid?
4: Yep, I have, He's turns two in April.
0: Oh, that's nice.
4: Yeah, he's a turd. In fact, I relate <laughs> a lot to you. Because, um, like, he's developmentally delayed. Yeah. And so we've been going through, like, the special education stuff. And so it's nice to kind of know that somebody else is going through the same thing that I'm going through. So I listen to your stuff.
0: I don't take as much time, like, as Bonnie does in the parenting. and Yeah. It, but it is a challenge. And it is hard to, like, communicate with other people unless you've, like, been through it. And... It's also a different mindset to be like, you can't change it or fix it, you know, because it's hard when you like I've been talking to my parents or something and they're like, oh, have you tried this? Have you tried this? And it's just like, there's nothing that I can physically do that's going to like make them sleep at night, you know, (laughs) or just like things like that. It's just like it is it's nice to have people that like kind of get it. um, Right. You know, because it, it does make you feel like more understood that totally
4: Totally. people are like when are you going to have number two and i go when number one gets a little easier (laughs) (laughs) like he's he's a tough one i mean love him more than myself from life itself but he's he's tough and i don't think that other people unless they spend a lot of time with him like my parents spent a lot of time with him, they understand but my mom had nine kids and has a gaggle of grandkids and she's like dude Your boy's the toughest kid I've ever dealt with. (laughs) We don't. He's he's not necessarily per se diagnosed as autistic. Yeah. But my husband is high functioning autistic. Mm -hmm. And so they're kind of doing therapy designed for autistic children in order to kind of get a head start in case he ends up more that route. Right now, he just does not talk. And so he gets really, really frustrated, and so he like hits his head a lot on things, and um, like pulls my hair and bites me a lot. Yeah, and yeah. Like that so, which it sounds like you kind of go through the same thing.
0: So. No, yeah, all you, you know, and it's it comes and goes for a little bit. He was yeah. doing great, like he had like stopped biting, and but lately he's like been beating everybody up. He's just like physically trying to kick you, which he hadn't done in the past or whatever, but so, but, and it, it kind of comes and goes, but it is part of like communication and it can be, it can be hard. Right. Yeah. but And it, and we have two other, so all of us are youngest. So we have two older girls Mm -hmm. and it's hard on them because they get beat up. You know, it's like they're kids and they're playing and having fun and, and, you know, we're always like parenting towards all of us. It's like, hey, don't get him riled up or whatever, because they end up getting bit after a little bit. And then they're like, oh, you know, they're all mad and want to like smack him or something. You know, it's just like, yeah, it's it can be it can be challenging for sure. Yeah,
4: definitely. I get you.
0: I'm right there with you. JD, have you know, like with your son, you say
1: he like he'll bang his head or pull his hair. Or pull Is he doing that? Mm-hmm to communicate something to you, like, I want this thing, or is it just, you don't, you can't pinpoint why he's doing it?
4: Right. So we've now been in therapy since September. So since starting that, at first when he started, it was like, he can't communicate at all. Like he would say, mama, dada, and he says, ee, for dogs, because puppy, you know, yeah. doggy, ee, mm-hmm. ee. Those were really the only words he would say. He would like sign more, but other than that, like he didn't know how to point to show what he wanted. He didn't have any way to like cope or deal. And we tried teaching him stuff, you know, Steve <laughs> in concept, like you have other children and a lot of times, like you sit down a child, you read them a book about farm animals and they learn what the animals say yeah. just hearing the book. And we did all that. My, my son read 12 books every night before we went to bed his whole life. You know, like he loves to read, but it just wasn't clicking. Something was missing. So now he points, now he gestures, now he pulls, you know what I mean? So we've got some coping mechanisms. So now when he had butts, it's definitely more attention seeking than frustration, but it definitely started out with frustration. So, but it's getting a little bit better in a lot of ways, but. Every time I think we've turned a corner and I'm like, oh, we figured this thing out. Then he throws me for a loop and I'm like, oh, are you kidding me? <laughs> now we're back to biting again or now we're back to not sleeping through the night again. What heck? So.
0: heck? Yeah. I want you to know that I know that you're a good parent, you know, and I know that <laughs> yeah. you're doing, done everything and your child's developmental issues or developmental Difference because it's like if he's different differently developed That's okay, and that's him and it doesn't reflect Your parenting so there isn't anything that you didn't do or anything that you did wrong that caused like his different development and I just want you to know that (laughs) because it's like a a lot of the times as a parent you're thinking like if I Would have done this more or if I would have done this different 13, 13 books. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't my child be different? But it's just like, understand that you are a good parent, you know, and you're doing a good job.
4: Right. Thank you. Uh, and I, I know you are too. And I think, was it Cody Draper who was talking yeah. about it too? I was, I just listened to that and I came home and I was like, honey, it is just so nice to know that I'm not the only person going through this because everybody I know, you know, their kids are perfect. And my neighbors, they're like, oh, my kid's been sleeping through the night since they were six weeks old. and am like, <laughs> Right. Oh, I haven't slept through the night since, you know, before pregnancy. I don't know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah.
4: So it's it's nice to know that there are other people doing.
0: And it can be, and that's also incredibly tough and hard because you are just constantly tired. And it's just like, you've been tired for, you know, three years, like two years in a pregnancy of right? like not sleeping. And mm-hmm. that's hard and they can make it hard to function. Um, right. throughout the day like that.
4: Right. And it's hard to stay patient when you need to like take the time and focus and like really work on the therapy steps and stuff like that. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, but I've been asleep or I've been awake for way too long asleep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, anyway, it's nice to hear your stories.
0: Oh, thanks. And yeah. And know that like, are you guys close? Are you guys?
4: We're uh, in blood now. We're like, Oh, blood. that's really
0: close to Saratoga. Yeah. Yeah. Let's no you we should get we should have you guys over uh, i'm sure bonnie would love to like talk to you because it's
4: i love bonnie we had i think we only had one class together in high school but we talked all the time in that one class yeah so when i saw that you guys were married i thought that was so funny.
0: yeah and she's always looking and especially for someone that ha- could can understand can sympathize so yeah right. let's have you guys over for sure but so yeah. tell us a little bit Um, catch us up a little bit like of your post high school till now
4: right so post high school I went to the University of Utah I wasn't really going to go to work for my dad but just before we graduated he had like a crazy weird random seizure and kind of had to let go all of his employees and so when I graduated high school he was starting to get back into the practice he's a pediatrician Mm -hmm. and so I started working for him and I've been there ever since. <laughs> I've done every single position, everything that you can do. It's now what, 18 years since we've yeah. had to move yeah. So I've been there a long time, I feel like. Um, but so I, I worked for him. I didn't stick with college. It just was not for me. I think if I'd gone away to college, it would have been a different experience, but because I stayed home, I don't know. Steve, I knew you a little bit better than Gonzo in high school, but. I didn't talk to anybody. I was tragically shy, and so because I went to the U and it was kind of a commuter school, I didn't get to know anybody. I didn't really make new friends. All my friends went away to college or on missions, and so I just kind of went to school by myself. I came home by myself. I worked by you know yeah. So kind of a depressing thing. I did that for a couple of years. Took the dumbest classes like fitness and nutrition and <laughs> things like that. Did nothing for me, but. <laughs> I that for a couple of years, stopped wasting my parents' money and stayed home instead. Worked full time. And I guess, I don't know. I feel like I just wasted a lot of money. (laughs) I traveled with my siblings, traveled with some friends, went to Disneyland, Disney World, Hawaii and London. Not like super crazy cool places. So the people that I hear on these podcasts, I was like, I am not this interesting. I went to Disneyland a whole lot. I have a lot of of stuffed animals to prove it, but... That's
0: still um, right the moment <laughs> <Yeah.
4: laughs> I'm, I'm basically a giant child, but had a lot of fun. I had a couple friends from high school that I stayed in contact with until they got home from their missions and got married and then stopped being friends with them. I really don't see many people from high school anymore. I did the singles ward thing forever. I even did the mid-singles thing because I graduated the YSA ward. But over time, I had this good friend that was just the nicest guy you've ever met he loves everybody he's super excited when anybody walks in the room and he just always made you feel real good and um ended up dating him and marrying him (laughs) so i he was the friend that people Sorry, people were like, you guys should totally date. You look like a couple. And I'm like, he is five and a half years younger than me, guys. No, thanks. I'm good. But <laughs> as soon as I lost the singles ward, the, the YSA ward, it was like, I kind of missed that kid. <laughs> I called him my non-boyfriend boyfriend for like two years because whenever I had like a date-like thing um, that I wanted to do but didn't have a date, I would take him. And so he eventually became my real boyfriend. we dated real real short period of time engaged real short period of time because we already knew everything we needed to know about each other so and now we have a turdy boy who's literally the cutest damn thing i've ever seen sorry no you're fine (laughs) (laughs) he's he's definitely a turd that's for sure but one day we'll maybe have another kid but (laughs) when my boy gets a little easier to handle that's for sure
1: was your husband like super excited to finally date you after being in the friend zone for so long
4: The funny thing is, is both of us can remember, like, not being attracted to each other, that we were genuinely just friends. So I think back and I go, you remember that weird kid, Will Jensen? I totally married him. (laughs) Like, that's, it's so bizarre. He, like, awkwardly hit on everybody. And so people would see us together and they'd be like, he likes you. And I go, no, he just hit like he's autistic he hits on everybody <laughs> but that's, I mean honestly it took me a long time to actually know that he was autistic somebody told me that he was and I started putting these together in my head and I was like huh that makes a lot of sense because he has no boundaries he has no understanding of like this person maybe doesn't want to be touched <laughs> you know it's it's kind of a weird form of autism because people don't realize it but definitely on the spectrum and I love that kid to death he's listening to me over there
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh that's great and um, it's it's nice to see I mean it, it's nice to hear that you know someone without autism is uh, you know can find love and have a functioning relationship and be married and function right. well so that's that's awesome too
4: right I know I've had a lot of moms that um, have like thanked me for marrying him and I'm like Okay, you're welcome, I guess, (laughs) because I give them hope, but, you know.
0: But there's also, like, very positive traits that come with, you know, autism. It's, like, it's different, you know, not less. And, Mm -hmm. you know, there is a a true genuineness and honesty Mm -hmm. that, that comes, and, like, you know, some people are without guile, and those are very nice positive traits that a lot of, you know, neural, normal people don't have. So
4: Right. I totally agree. Some of his autistic qualities are my absolute favorite because he's just, he's so genuine. And he picks up and remembers things a lot. So he thinks that he remembers, like, all of our little arguments better or, like, memories from our past. He thinks he remembers them better. He doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> it's because I do. No, But he he can tell you a line of a movie that he watched when he was seven only once he'd be like quote something and he'll go well you know that movie and i say no he goes well i watched it when i was a kid and i go how many times once oh okay yeah i've seen that 12 times and i couldn't tell you that line in that movie you know yeah he just has a wonderful memory oh
3: that's awesome
4: and he's musically talented and my son we think he's got the same trait and i just love it because he can pick up things that other people can't you know Hmm. They listen to the score in the background of the movie instead of the dialogue.
0: You know? Oh, that's interesting. Hmm. <laughs> so, Katie, tell us. And uh, you mentioned a little bit about your high school that you were like painfully shy. Tell yeah. tell us more. How did you see yourself? What did you think about yourself then? Um, right. Just tell us about it.
4: So yeah, I was painfully shy. I I didn't talk to a lot of people. I I talked to you if I had to talk to you. But it's not because I didn't want to get to know you. I watched a lot of people and I listened to conversations and probably thought I was more friendly than I was, but people probably thought I was a jerk. I was a cheerleader, which is kind of an oxymoron that I was a shy cheerleader, but Whitney kind of said the same thing. Um, She and I were actually best friends. Once she got onto the squad, Um, we were put into the same room at cheer camp and that was my comfort zone. And so I kind of latched on to her and I was like, Hey, we're trying out together. Come hang out with me. <laughs> we're in the same room together. Come hang out with me. So we became really good friends. But definitely shy. There was like four or five cheerleaders that were like the anti cheerleaders that we were just there to do the cheering, <laughs> to do the activity, and then, you know, be gone with it. But
1: Did you average... grow up cheering or like what what made you want to be a cheerleader? Yeah.
4: <laughs> so I actually grew up doing ballet. Um, but I quit when I was in middle school because I just hated the practices. I didn't love it. I didn't love my teachers. So my mom was like, well, you have to do something. So she picked tumbling because we had somebody in our neighborhood that had like a tumbling academy. So did that, that kind of fed into their cheer group. And I did that for a little bit. And I actually was pretty good at the tumbling thing. But by the time I got into high school, I'd had a couple scary experiences. So I didn't love the tumbling thing as much. i gotten hurt on a tramp a couple times. I'd popped my shoulder out pretty bad at the socket a couple times and I just was like, I don't want to do this anymore. But I needed to do something in high school, so my mom said. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Which she was absolutely right. If I hadn't had cheerleading, I would have sat by myself, stayed quiet, and not talked to anybody. So She was absolutely right. You know what's really interesting?
0: It's like that you were talking about tumbling injuries and things like that. Mm -hmm. I'm still surprised that the like still do cheerleading in high school because it's super dangerous. I think like every year there are multiple like deaths of young girls from falling from the top of the pyramid or like getting thrown up in the air and falling on their heads and stuff or like breaking their back and neck that it can be really dangerous. Like I'm surprised. It's like, I think there's I think football is definitely more dangerous, but cheerleading is a lot more dangerous than you would think.
4: Yeah, I actually, I don't know if it's a real statistic because I've never looked it up, but I actually heard a long time ago that after football, it's one of the most dangerous sports.
0: Yeah, I believe that too. Yeah. So
4: my coaches were very patient with me, very forgiving because they'd be like, you're going to do a back spring," And I'd go, mm, no, I'm not. <sighs> so we'd get to competition and I'd just go, fake it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they scared the crap out of me. I had bad shoulders, and so I just was always afraid I was going to fall on my head because my shoulder would pop out of the socket randomly. Oh, that's crazy. So, hmm. Yeah. Anyway.
0: So tell us more about high school Katie. Like, you got into cheer, you were um, shy, you and Whitney kind of piled around. Like, it, it was one of those friends that, like, was forced on you. He's like, we're, we're doing these – we're spending all this time together. I guess we're best friends now. <laughs> but what else?
4: necessarily say forced on us because we do have very similar personalities we got along very well we had the same taste in boys we had this crush that we had like a code name for you know what i mean we got along very well it wasn't necessarily forced on us but i don't know i like i said i was kind of an average student i followed my older sister who was like 4-0 from the time she was born and she excelled in everything i think you guys did track with Lindsay. She did track and basketball and soccer and everything. And so I kind of learned growing up that, like, I was never going to reach that level. (laughs) And so I just kind of played it safe in the middle, you know, and I tried to get good grades. But if I didn't get an A, I didn't beat myself up over it. Um, I don't know. I didn't go to any dances, probably because I didn't talk to anybody. I don't know. That's pretty much it. I lo- I did like high school. I liked it a lot. And I used to tell people if I could get a four year college degree by going back to high school, I would because I have a good time. I don't have any bad memories. I went through my yearbooks a little earlier today and it was a good time. So what
1: experiences did you have that made you shy? Like, were you always shy from when you were a little kid to getting older? Or did you have like bad social experiences? Like what made you so shy?
4: I honestly don't know because in in elementary school, I was more outgoing. And honestly, there were people that, like my sister's friends, had come over to my house and see me outside of school. And they'd be like, is that the girl we go to school with? (laughs) Because she's a totally different person. When it's a small group and I'm more comfortable, then I have no problem. I literally will tell you everything. For some reason, when I'm in a big group, I think, you know, elementary school, you've gone to school with all these people, for all these years, you know, but then you get into middle school and high school and you have sometimes different people in every single classes, you know? And so it just was uncomfortable for me to kind of branch out. I honestly, there wasn't like a traumatic experience. Nobody ever beat me up or bullied me or anything like that. I just was quiet.
1: (laughs) So how have you, I just, I'm always curious to hear about how people think that they were shy, but then they also did things that put them right in the spotlight. And I was want to know why they do that. But
4: Well, the cheerleading thing, I wouldn't have done. Like, that's, that's not my personality at all. But because I can hide in a group, I kind of made it through. My mom did. She's going to listen to this. She did force me into it. I didn't want to do it. But <laughs> she was absolutely right. And I've told her this a million times. So she knows that.
2: <laughs> she was- <laughs> Thanks, I geez, would mom. not have.
4: She made me do, like, <laughs> senior slides. If she could have made me ask somebody out on a date, she would have. But that, that's where she drew the line. But. That's funny.
1: So how are you How are you different then? How's, how's Katie as an adult 18 years later?
4: <laughs> I'm still shy when I'm in a big group, you know, when we've got married and gotten to a new ward and things like that. I still don't branch out a ton. Uh, definitely better one-on-one getting to know people than I am in a big group. I don't know. I guess I've I I've all the questions that you ask everybody like jumbled up in my brain and so I'm trying to keep them all clear in my head but I don't know how I've changed. I've gotten heavier, uh older, <laughs> less social. COVID definitely killed all that for me. Um I'm kind of a COVID paranoid individual kind of sent me into some therapy and some anxiety problems but that's a little
0: deep (laughs) Uh, it it was hard on a lot of people and it's it's scary too so yeah
4: when i think i i have the kind of personality because i grew up with my dad as a doctor i i know too much (laughs) so kind of Causes me to panic more because I go, Oh, I heard this story about this person who did this and this and this and this and this, and and it's going to be me. And I think that I'm that one in a million who's going to, you know, have a brain tumor because I felt some ping in my brain. So I'm kind of a hypochondriac a little bit.
1: Well, Um, like working in a a pediatrics office, like you see all kinds of crazy, you see the crazy stuff that does happen to kids. mm -hmm. Right. So the things that we hear about, you actually are seeing things happen.
0: Yeah.
2: No.
4: I don't know when when Gonzo reached out, he was like, "You had to have learned something since high school. There's got to be something interesting." I was like, "I don't know for the better though." (laughs) I feel like if you you talked to me two years ago, I would have felt like I had some of my crap together, but COVID and my baby had just killed my brain. (laughs)
0: So yeah, but even because I I think about Oliver and. Like, I feel like he's helped me as a parent. Like, I feel like I'm still not great, you know, not, I'm not Mm -hmm. the great parent, but I'm better because of him. I'm, I feel like I'm a better parent and it's my outlook in life altogether has changed because of him. Like, I don't put, you know, I used to put more pressure on the other kids to like, like you got to read this much every night. It's like let's do this homework, you know, it was just like way tougher on them and maybe creating anxiety in them that they didn't need or, you know, who cares? And now, now I still want them to do like, but if anything, it's helped. Like, for example, with our oldest, we were fighting and fighting to like, get her to read like this much every day or whatever. And instead of, instead of doing that, I think we just, it's like hey, let's just find books that you like, something funny, something cool. And we found all these books and now she just like swallows books whole. But
4: mm-hmm. it's
0: it's changed because it was it's something that we found that she was going to that she likes and we stopped putting like this parental pressure on her like you got to read, you got to read, you got to read because like you won't have a successful future if you don't. <laughs> I don't know, you know, it's just like why were we <laughs> like Pressuring so much, she's going to learn to read and she's going to be just fine, you know, and it's, I felt like, and that's over in the last three years, like my mindset has changed and I'm not, I'm not stressing about their future. I want them to be happy and I want them to have a good future, but it's like, I I just feel like I've learned that just recently. There's got to be lessons from your little boy too, because even if it's just like, I know I can function on like four hours of sleep (laughs) for years (laughs)
4: Right. I I was talking to my mom earlier today because I mean, obviously, I've learned lessons over my life. But I feel like one of the biggest ones is that the plans that I make for myself mean nothing. (laughs) You know what I mean? That I have to just roll with the punches. You know, I I got married at 31. You grow up in Utah and you think that you're going to go to college, you're going to meet somebody and you're going to get married and you'll have these babies at a young age. And I didn't. You know, I went through this whole stage of life where like, I almost feel like I, I lived a whole life before I met my husband. Well, maybe not met, but before I married my husband, because we were friends for like six years before yeah. we started the deal. But um, I, I went through a period of life where I genuinely thought, like, I'm not going to get married. It's just not going to happen. I'm not going to have kids. It's not going to happen. My mom started getting panicked because I started from going from when I get married to if I get married. And she's like, oh, don't give up yet. It'll happen. I promise. So, but you just kind of have to, I, that's the one thing, the biggest thing I think that I've learned is that like, I need to not hang, hang on so tight to the plans that I have for myself because, you know, I'm, I'm not the (laughs) the maker of this plan. I kind of got to, I thought that parenting was going to be hard. I really did. But I thought the hardest thing, because I grew up in a huge family with a lot of kids, I thought, I can do the parenting thing. I can read books. I can be sleep deprived. I can, you know, take care of a sick kid. You know, I've I've done that my whole adult life. But I thought the labor and delivery was going to be the toughest part and pregnancy. That scared the crap out of me. I was like, hand me the baby. Give it to me on the doorstep. I can do it. I was so confident. Like, I wouldn't say cocky, but I was confident and I laugh at myself I look back at myself three years ago and I go what in the world were you talking about (laughs) you know I should I should just have kept reminding myself that life does not always go the way that you want to and it's honestly it's it's so much better in a lot of ways I don't want this to sound pessimistic because I adore my boy I tell him every single minute of the day how beautiful he is and you know He can go from biting me one second on the back of the leg while I'm cooking dinner to me picking him up and like mashing my face into his face. So
3: (laughs) he's, he's wonderful.
1: I think another way to think about it is, and you know, we're going to ask this question next, but sometimes you can figure out more of like, what is, what is something or what are some things that you've become passionate about? Right. At this point.
4: So for me, my biggest passion is obviously my son. I went from, and I, because of my husband and his diagnosis, I knew that he, my son had a genetic predisposition for it. Like I said, he still isn't diagnosed, and a lot of days we go, he he doesn't have any traits, you know. Yeah, and he yeah, yeah. He's a therapist who's like, right now I see no definitive signs, but we still continue down that track because of my husband. Um, but I I went almost his whole first year of life if we had a really bad day or he didn't sleep well, or he just screamed all day long. I would sit at my house and cry and say, he's going to be autistic and it's going to be the worst thing in the world. Through the therapy and things like that, I've realized it's not going to be the worst thing in the world. Every time my son picks up a new trait, it gets me so excited. I send everybody in my family a new message because it's not, and you know this Gonzo, like it's not a common thing. You know, it's taken him almost two years to go. I'm talking to mama and I say mama. I'm talking to dada and I say dada. It's a huge thing for us. And that's when we've been in the last couple of months that he's been able to do that. And so I'm, I'm fiercely passionate about my son and, and his education. And I tell my husband all the time that I just want to make sure that we give him the best future that he can have, whatever that ends up looking like, you know? So that's probably my biggest passion. And then just, I, I really love taking care of other people. Not that I'm like patting myself on the back. Cause I'm like this mother Teresa. Cause I'm absolutely not, but I love taking care of my parents. My parents have given me everything and they continue to give me everything because I work for my dad, I, my son and myself, we see them every single day. And my mom is the cutest thing. She's always buying him like little toys and books and little sensory things and she's like, Oh, I saw this on Instagram. We have to get it, you know? <laughs> and my cute dad is just like, what do we have? Fourteen grandkids. And he's kind of a the grumpy grandpa, you know, like, oh, it's fine, kids are too noisy. <laughs> my kid comes around and he's like, Sure, you want me to go throw the ball? We'll go throw the ball. Yeah, let's go do it. You know. I I like taking care of them because they take care of me and I I don't know. I want to be a better person, but I feel like COVID has kept me from reaching out to too many people. I tell my husband all the time that I need to be better about that because I used to be better about that. So.
1: Are you not doing it because it's become kind of habit at this point or are you not doing it because you still are hesitant to be around people because COVID is still around and people are still getting sick?
4: It's probably more about the being sick thing. Um, this is something that I talked to my therapist about, but I, I genuinely have this fear that I'm not afraid of me getting it. Actually, I've gotten it twice, which pissed me off by the way, because I'm the most paranoid person. Yeah. I do. uh, <laughs> we don't go Anywhere. My son has been to the grocery store five times in his entire life because I only okay. go when it's an emergency. So it's like, we don't go anywhere. <laughs> he didn't go to the park until he was like. 13, 14 months old. So it bugged me anyway. But I genuinely have this fear that like, I will get it and I will give it to one of my parents. And mm-hmm. then they will away. Like, or that I will give it to my son and he'll be the one in a million who dies because he can't be vaccinated and things like that. It's a, it's a genuine fear for me. And so I don't reach out because I go, hmm, how cautious are you? Do you wash your hands when you get home from the grocery store? I'm literally a crazy person. So... <laughs> That's why, but I'm working on it. I'm working on it. My poor husband is so patient with me because he's the most social butterfly in the world. And I hold him back.
1: I think it's been, I think maybe a silver lining of all this crazy COVID stuff the last couple of years is I think it's really opened people's eyes to washing their hands more or like something for us. Is, and we've always been like, this is if one of our kids is sick, we like, we don't take them to church. And I think it blows people's minds. Like, yeah. wait, you can do that? I remember there was like an eight week stretch where our whole like one of us or some of us or all of us didn't go to church and people are like, are you guys okay? Like, yeah, like our kids were just sick, and it blew their minds that we wouldn't just drop them off
0: at primary and let them get everybody sick. Get everybody in this room sick.
1: (laughs) 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 And uh, but I think that a lot more people are cautious now. You hear people coughing, you are like, wait a minute.
0: Back up. Get that cough out of my face. Yeah, do do? <laughs> but
1: uh, I think people are a lot more aware now. Like people do wear masks and they are more aware of like how germs are spread. And so
4: right. as
1: things start to normalize, whatever that means, it's like, hopefully awareness and education of how germs are spread has,
0: has improved. Well, some of the things won't, I don't think will ever go away. Like, Oh, for sure. It, it, it will be pseudo Asia, you know, cause you used to see like on TV or someone like and, in, in and, Japan, someone wearing a mask in the train be like, look at those weird agents. <laughs> and now I think like next year, say COVID cautiousness is down, but if you see mm-hmm. someone wearing a mask, you're never going to be like, what's wrong with that weirdo? You know, just be like, yeah. Oh, maybe they're, maybe they got a cough or something. Maybe they're, they're so just being... maybe they don't want to. Exactly. Sick. Yeah. So it's like, I think people are being more cautious of that. And I think that's right. a positive. Yeah.
4: But I know for myself when my son can be vaccinated I'll feel totally differently. I'm not gonna, you know, say that I'm gonna throw caution to the wind in every circumstance, but when he can be vaccinated I might be more willing to, you know, take him to the aquarium and see the fish. Right now we went to where did we what's that stuff? Cabela's the other day and I like my heart was pounding and like people started coming into the aquarium. I was like, I gotta get my kid out of here (laughs) You know. So but once he can be vaccinated. we had that little tease a couple months ago and I got so excited and then they pulled it away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll come. The it time, will come, and I come. can't. I can't wait.
1: Has it been? Um, now you said you've worked since since high school, right? You've worked in your mm-hmm. your dad's office.
4: Yeah.
1: How? First of all, how many siblings do you have? How many kids are there? You said nine, right?
4: Yeah, there are nine kids. Nine? So I'm Seventh of nine. There She's have
0: seven been, or nine you work there. You're seven or <laughs> nine. <No. a
4: middle? laughs> I heard you guys. My family, my brothers, and my dad watched that movie a lot. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's the best. <laughs> uh,
4: that, that's awesome. I've never, I've never seen the movie except for a clip of Seven of Nine. If
1: you get super bored, it's it's great. your your spouse will think you're a weirdo. That's what mine did. but I don't even care.
4: Pretty solid in his mind anyway.
1: So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just I'm just curious, I guess maybe your relationship with your dad, like do you do you feel like since you've been able to work with him all these years, Is your relationship with him different than your siblings who haven't had this opportunity to work with him and be around him a lot more like you have?
4: Yeah, totally. I mean, a lot of my siblings have worked there at one point or another. I think my three oldest brothers didn't work there, but that was because they were young and the practice was young and he had a lot of external help. But once my oldest sister was able to, it's kind of everyone has worked there since, but I've been the longest. It's definitely helped our relationship. When we, when I was a kid, not that I didn't have a relationship with my dad, but he was always so busy. And because he went to medical school during my formative years, you know, I remember him coming home when it was pitch black and being like, oh, hey dad, going to bed, see you later. <laughs> and because we had nine kids, the, my dad had to work a lot of extra hours too in order to support all of us. So, but it's definitely given us a unique relationship we, I like to say we have a love hate relationship, but it works for us. <laughs> so it's kind of not to sound creepy, but it's kind of like a marriage where you bicker and you fight. And then five minutes later, you're fine, you know, mm-hmm. because you work so closely together, you get more frustrated with each other. But then because you spend so much time together, you have a more loving and understanding relationship. And so, um, he's fired me about. Hmm, a thousand times. In the last week. <laughs>
0: yeah,
4: some of them serious, some of them not. But every time he does, I'm like, well, you know, I'm back on Monday. So I just keep showing up. I'm like, a bad rap. <laughs> it's
1: like he stopped paying you long, 13 years ago. As long as the check clears. <laughs> the <eye. laughs>
4: so I know people think it's got to be really hard, but in a lot of ways it's nice. And especially since having my son, you know, if I've got a dentist appointment, I just planet during his lunch hour and then he watches my kid during my dentist appointment, you know? So it's it's convenient and, and he wouldn't have the same relationship with my kid if, if I wasn't working for him. So my kid's been there since he was born, basically. I went back to work six days after having him. Oh, wow. Uh, so. <laughs> so, but it's fun. I love my dad. He's great. I, I love he, my mom.
1: I hear that and I just think it's a, a, a cool unique opportunity to be able to spend that much time with like with a family member or a parent you know so it's you he was your dad as you were a kid being raised by him but then now you have like this professional working relationship with him like does he still act like dad at work or is he more like he's the doctor uh, and you're the
4: funny front? thing is is that like you never really acted like dad if that sounds that sounds horrible but in in a good way, because he wasn't really there when I was growing up. And so my mom did a lot of the, the raising of us. And so my dad, I remember having a lot of really fun memories when we were kids. And I don't know, we have a lot of fun together. Like we make fun of each other. I'm a very sarcastic person and so is he. And so we make fun of each other a lot, but we get along really well. So we have very similar personalities in some ways in that we can't hide the emotion that we're feeling. And so if, if he's angry, I know he's angry. And if he's joking, then (laughs) I know he's joking. You know, we understand each other better than I think a lot of my siblings do with him.
0: That's cool. I appreciate that. So Katie, do we, um, do we have any beef?
4: I, we don't have beef, but I do have a funny story about Steve, which I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. Let's see. (laughs) American problems.
1: American problems. Keep going.
4: (laughs) So I think it was during the totalitarian thing and you were dictator, right? And you were up writing on the board, the whiteboard next to my desk. And you were like flipping a marker up in the air. And I don't know how it happened because I was not a provocative dresser, but the marker went straight down my cleavage. (laughs) 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 I I have my yearbook here. Neither one of you wrote in my yearbook until senior year. You wrote, hey, remember when I threw the marker down your shirt?
1: I totally <laughs> forgot about that. That's so I pro- I haven't thought about that for years and years and years and years. That's so funny.
4: <laughs> it was funny because to me, like any interaction with somebody who brought attention to me, it made me very warm, very sweaty, very uncomfortable, and I would just be like, oh, "Yeah, here's the marker bag. Oh, I'm dying." <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: all sweaty. <laughs>
4: Why is this girl sweaty? <laughs> There was a kid who I won't name names because of HIPAA, but there was a kid who was a football player, a very popular football player. And he played football through middle school and high school. And he saw my dad as a patient. And so he'd come back from his physical and be like, hey, guess what your dad just did? And I'm like, please. <laughs> 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 i not mean, <you> a <laughs> So pieces just funny. made me a lot of, like, they love to make me uncomfortable because I get bright red.
0: Oh, that's so funny. No <laughs> I'm beef, so glad you that. <laughs> that's
4: so funny. Do, do you guys have beef with me? Did you think I was a brat?
0: I, I don't have me. any beef. No. no. I okay. Just that you were just such a big brat. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, I don't have any beef.
1: <laughs> no, I, I, my memories of you were kind of like you described. Like I I know we had some interactions, but it was like you were, you were a very quiet person. You were nice, like any interactions you had, you were just like, you were kind and you were pleasant, but you were not like outgoing and in your face. And I think I still remember that it didn't click with me. Like she's a cheerleader, but she doesn't act like a cheerleader. You know, I, I was up. that it was just like a, just a, a unique experience where you were a shy quiet person. And that's, that's what I remember about you is, is that. And so, um, no beef. No beef, no. But I love that you shared that story because that's hilarious.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I think about it all the time because it was one of the most embarrassing moments for me. In school because it was just like, oh jeez. Of all places, like I said, I didn't dress provocatively. It's not like my cleavage was down to here. Steve you know? just like, got that good aim.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that backwards good aim.
0: Okay. Is there anything else you want to talk about? or Anything else you want to share?
4: I don't think so. Looking at my notes, I think I I hit everything. I do want to call some people out. Can I do that? Oh, absolutely. Big time. So I want to call out Tara Phillips. She was also a good best friend of mine from Cheer. I want Kellyanne Farr. She was a good, cheer friend, too. Have you guys talked to her?
0: I have. Um, I'll reach out. Yeah.
4: Yeah, please do. She's awesome. I've kept in touch with her a tiny bit, but not a lot. Sarah Howarth. I'd love to hear from her. She used to work for my dad for a little bit, hmm. but she quit a couple of years ago, which oddly enough, like she quit right before COVID. Um, so I haven't really talked to her since. Then I had two guy friends, Mark Robison and Andrew Macy that I was good friends with in high school and for a little bit afterwards, but then they got married and you can't stay friends with single girls when you're married. So
0: That's true. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's true. Mark, I know he follows us on Instagram. He likes stuff. So I, I've seen some interactions from him. So Mark. We're coming for you.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, we, I wrote
4: him and Andrew their entire missions. And then Mark got married shortly after he got back. And then I never really heard from him much other than social media stuff.
0: So That's really nice of you.
4: <laughs> <laughs> well, as I said, I was kind of lonely and desperate.
0: So. <laughs> no, it's not. I mean, I mean, as a missionary, I appreciated whenever I got a letter. It's true. <laughs> I had a girl that wrote me and she got married like right before I got home.
2: Oh, broke my heart. (laughs) Sorry.
4: You know who you are.
0: (laughs) Um, Uh,
1: She doesn't listen. (laughs) I I don't know. Who knows? Um, I, I wanted to say like, thanks for being such an interactive listener. Like whenever we're posting stuff, I think it's just been awesome that you like since early on, you've been a big follower. And I think it's, it,
4: hey, I, sorry, you were finishing your sentence. No,
1: I just think it's just really cool. Cause there's a handful of people that, you know, Gonzo and I joke and we're kind of serious when we say like, we would do this even if nobody listened, cause it's been really fun. It's fun to connect with people and be able to like see you on the screen and, and just catch yeah. up. But it's an extra bonus when we, when we know that there's people that really like it and you're one of those people that has been following us and made it. Like, okay, cool. At least one person likes this. No, At least a handful right. of people like this and yeah. it gives us motivation to be to continue to do it. So I, I love that you're a good follower and thank you for just, you know, making us feel good about what we're doing.
0: Yeah, we appreciate it, for sure.
4: You're welcome. I, I did i l I've listened since the first episode when you guys posted it. And I remember listening to raffis and I was just like you guys were calling people out already, and I thought, I could never be interviewed. Are you kidding me? She's, like, published with how many degrees, and, like, yeah, no. I was like, yeah, I was Relief Society president once <laughs> I, I didn't really have much that I felt like I could share, so, but... Uh, no, I appreciate you guys, and it's been a lot of fun to listen. It's one of the highlights. I know that Whitney kind of called that. Up, you know, she kind of called you out for that too, saying it's one of her highlights of her week. And I don't share them. I should share them more. But well, I have when yours comes it-
0: out, at least you send it to your mom or something, right?
4: I'll send it to my my husband. Is anxious to listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, that's cool. Um, you know, I've shared them with like my sister and stuff, people that she ran track with and stuff like that. Them. and Carrie Earl I shared with her so that she could oh hear yeah them. that was awesome thanks for doing that her yeah. message
1: was so funny <laughs>
4: yeah. I figured who can't who can't use a boost like that to hear that they're hot so
0: <laughs> she had it going on she did not right? the hottest 2004 faculty hands down oh <laughs> <laughs> well. Well, oh, Katie has been super nice to talk. Let's do whenever you feel comfortable or whatever. Let's get together. I I do. I think it would be it would be good for us to to get together and and hang out.
4: Yeah, maybe summertime. I'm having shoulder surgery on Wednesday, so I'm gonna be laid up for a little while.
0: Oh dang! Good luck.
4: We'll do it in the summer when I'm out of the sling and stuff. So
0: for sure, for sure.
4: Good to see you guys.
0: Yeah, good to see you. Thank, thank, you, thank you. you very much. We really appreciate day it.
4: Night. Please edit all the garbage out. So
0: it's, <laughs> it's all gold. All There's the nothing to it. <laughs> <laughs> good night. Hey, thanks hey, a so lot. Thank Go to bed. Okay. Good night. Steve, we just got done talking to Katie. What are your thoughts? I loved it.
1: Um, I'm so happy she came on because, and she kind of mentioned it at the very end there, like. And, you know, like, Rafi's done these things. And then we've had a bunch of people on there. Like, we we went to school with some really amazing people that have accomplished a lot. Yeah. And I think sometimes we can think, like, oh, what have I done? I don't know. Like, and I, I have that thought. It's like, I don't know. What what do I do? Like, makes like me special. I think I'm just a normal guy that tells stupid jokes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whatever. But I loved it. I loved how open she was. I love that she, you know, and she talked real about her about her relationship with her son just it's really hard and it's really trying for her but she just loves him to death and she just wants to do everything she can to set him up to whatever he's going to be to to be that
0: you yeah. know? and maybe i got too excited too because it's just like it is something that like you feel a com- camaraderie like right away about i do understand what she was saying cuz she was talking about the struggles with someone with devel- developmental issues and at the same time you know I don't want to she, you know she was saying it's like I love them like so much you know like it's like I get it it's like there are difficulties and you want to share these difficulties but you also at the same time want to like you don't want to make it sound like hey it's all bad because there is this incredible love that I have for this child. At the same time, it one doesn't take away from the other one, yeah. and it is hard for. It can sound like you are just complaining, but yeah, I, I wanted her to, like, feel at ease. Like, hey, it's fine. I get it. I know that mm-hmm. you love your kid like, like crazy. You know. So I don't know. That's it. Was that was super interesting. Um, I've been doing a whole bunch of like listening to more podcasts about autism and like doing more research and things like that. And it's been, it's been really interesting and you know, it's so that like that's becoming one of my passions too, you know? Yeah. And I think, I mean, it, it was
1: apparent when you're talking to her about the things that you're saying. And I think just like you said, having somebody else that's going through something similar where like one it's, like, it's just so nice because you can be like, I get it. And yeah. you know, and she knows, like, you you do get it. It's not just someone saying words. You get it. Yeah. And so it's just having someone that's kind of sharing that same kind of struggle with you. And I think that's really empowering um, to have that. I, I'm frustrated that I missed that 7 of 9 joke. <laughs>
0: But, uh, no, that's it. Was cool, and it was good to <laughs> good to talk to her. That's that, uh, that story. About that, <laughs> I totally forgot all about that. That's so that's funny. so funny. That's a classic Steve moment. And
1: it, <laughs> I uh, I remember in that class, John Prue made me a sweet jacket. I was like to, to for my totalitarian jacket, just walking yeah. around with it. And then I can't remember. It might have even been John Prue that killed me. Somebody killed me. I got I got assassinated. But I remember making that class, seeing all the rounds of row, row, row
0: your boat. Yeah. Heavy like is the 20 head. Minutes. <laughs> <laughs> dude. Um, that's great. And hey, well, I guess we have a big, long list of people to reach out to, too. Yeah. If, uh, you know, if you are one of those people,
1: reach out to us. If you're not one of those people, reach out to us.
0: Yeah. Uh, our email, jordanhigh2004podcast.gmail.com. podcast at gmail.com. Send us an email, and we'd throw you on the schedule. Yeah, these are awesome. Yeah, this has been another episode, and thank you for listening.